0: Welcome to the first ever episode of the Fifth Year Podcast. My name is Clint Maxey. I will be the producer of the podcast. Parker, my longtime friend, we are really excited to do something college football, the best sport in the world. What we'll be talking about today is OU Texas, kind of what both sides mean and talk about the SEC and Big 12. Uh, A little bit of college football news, uh, off-season coaching, some futures, and then we'll do a little trivia session at the end. I'm uh, really excited to get this podcast going with Parker, and let's get this thing rolling.
1: I am so excited to be here with everyone. My name is Parker Biggs. Clint gave me a little intro there earlier. Like he said... We've been friends for a long time. I'm super excited to be doing this with him. I guess a little a little background for my uh, reason, reasoning for wanting to do this is really just, I've had a passion for college football my whole life. It's the best sport in the world. There's nothing like it. It's a crazy evolving time. So I, really good time to do it with everything that's going on in the college football world. And specifically, OU in Texas to the SEC, which is earth shattering type stuff. And it's caused the craziest offseason I can remember. And it's only been a couple weeks. I mean, this is huge. I mean, clip, what was your reaction? What was your reaction when you first heard
0: that news? Could you believe that, that, that this was real? No, I was really excited. That was my first thought. Um I mean, when you're in the Big Big 12, you argue about the Big 12 is better than SEC. And I think in recent years, it's been a lot closer. But I mean, still, when you go to the SEC, it's a pretty cool feeling. Right. So, right. yeah, I was really excited and surprised.
1: Yeah. yeah. On the field, it's a huge upgrade. It's just bigger. There's more money. The money is the main driver behind the decision. But it's too much to pass up on for... For uh OU and Texas. I mean, but it kills. It absolutely kills the uh kills the Big Twelve. It's uh the biggest move in college football history, in my opinion. There have been big moves and realignment. Ten years ago was big. Disband of the Southwest Conference was big, which created the Big Twelve, but this is there's nothing like it when the best, the best are just getting better and lines are being drawn. It kind of scares football. me
0: though, because I mean, SEC super conference. I know there's been a lot of talk recently about SEC super conference and it kind of scares me about the traditional power five conferences. Cause I've always liked that. Yeah,
1: no, that's college football. The college football we grew up on is not, well, it's not, we're never going to have that again. Yeah. And that scares me too, but I'm excited too. Like Clint said, we went to OU. So our perspective may be a little different than others because I see like, there are, this is, this is hurting programs. This is, I mean, some programs might not. It's We'll see what happens, but
0: someone's going to get left out of the party. Yeah. So. Well, why don't you go into a little bit about, OU in Texas specifically as schools and kind of get into what the rest of the Big 12, that means for them and SEC and all that. Yeah. Specifically OU in Texas. I'll go OU first. Clearly OU
1: is in that top tier behind Alabama and Clemson in college football currently. They're competing I mean, they're competing for national championships year in and year out. Sure, it'll, <laughs> the last couple of years have been ugly and they have, are still searching for that first college football playoff win. But there's a they're in that group that's competing for national championships. So currently they're great. You have that, but they're also Oklahoma. I mean, they're a top three, top five college football program of all time. So they bring immediate and another power immediately into SEC to join the likes of Alabama, Georgia, Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, so it OU, it doesn't seem an SEC side, I don't think most are upset
0: about the addition of OU. Do you think it helps the recruiting or not? Yeah, Oh, I mean, it might but not people have will say they're still going to get the SEC. Normal SEC recruits are going to go to those schools. Yeah, no, it's no, I don't think it might not have the
1: enormous jump or bump that some would expect, but it's,
0: it's significant. You're going to go. I to just come, don't really see it changing, honestly. I think
1: you're going to be able to go. There's a lot of guys that that's what A&M has been riding. Texas A&M has ridden that they're the Texas school and SEC. You. You can stay in Texas, but you can stay in this region, but play play in the best probably conference, conference that
0: produces the best NFL talent. And probably takes a lot of the AM recruits. OU might. so cause oh, region yeah. And other yeah no, in OU, SEC. Texas, Texas A&M going after a lot of the guys.
1: Yeah. So some of the guys that might have chosen A&M, maybe that SEC was that deciding factor for them. a and doesn't have that edge anymore. Texas has always been their big brother. They've they have all the resources in the world, but I'm I'm I'll kind of dive here in a second once I'm through OU Texas into what it means for the SEC. But A and M that's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. But uh, so like I said, OU outside of that just solid administration. Joe C is one of the if not the best athletic director in the country. So it's a stable program, good athletic program. Um, Texas though. It was a little different. They, they, bri- that Texas across the chest, they, that means something to a big state. So there's a lot of eyeballs on it, a lot of money, more money than anyone. You in there? They're, uh, no one's saying no to Texas. Uh, sure, they've, uh, they're hard to work with. Nebraska, Missouri. Texas A&M would all say that, uh, and there's a lot to, to to stand behind on that one. So that's a uh, Texas is is in a is uh, in an interesting spot because they have all that, but they're just in football, which is this is what this is mainly about. They're not there. They're uh, they have a solid athletic program across the board. A lot of they win a lot of national championships in other sports, but no one cares. About diving. I mean, it, football is what matters. And uh, they have a solid we're program, but they've got to turn it around. So, uh, there's more questions. OU's going to hop in and I, I think immediately be competing uh, at the highest level in SEC. Texas, though, they're going to have to prove it. Uh, you're going middle of the pack in the Big 12. Uh, they had that Sugar Bowl one a few years ago, which is their first they're only ten win season, I think, in the last decade, and so you really want to get in this deal with the SEC. So I don't know. It's
0: so what sure. about what about the rest of the Big Twelve and who kind of gets screwed from that? Yeah, uh, well, who gets screwed? The teams that I think should be nervous.
1: Well, I'll start with who's who's a avail- like who are the most likely teams to get poached because they're not gonna. The Big 12 is going to come out in their statements and they're going to be united. You'll see that when you see uh, what the Big 12 does moving forward. They're going to show that they're working together, but no one wants to be left out. So they're all going to be proactive. They're all going to be looking for homes. So I think OSU and Tech, they're kind of looked to get at as a pair. They're two state schools with big, big fan bases. On the football, especially compared to some of the other Big Twelve teams, uh, passionate fans, very passionate fans, big follow, uh, relatively big following, and um, people look at them as a pair, as a possibility to the Pac-12. Um, so I think if the Pac-12 does expand, they're the obvious choices. Uh, tech geographically isn't too far out I mean they're out there in Texas so it's not, it's not a, a huge leap compared to some of the other Big 12 schools um, so they could find a landing spot the Big 10 is the pipe pipe dream for sure for the OSU's the Iowa State's definitely. Definitely the Kansas of the world um, so everyone be vying for that Big 10 I don't think I don't think that's going to happen I don't think the Big 10 needs to make that move I don't know if uh any school really brings what the, it doesn't bring extra eyeballs or extra money on top of what they're getting per school right now. So KU is the one with the big 10 that, uh, that's definitely, that's where they would like to be. They want
0: to be in the big 10. I hope KU ends up in a good spot with basketball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it would be, it would be KU. I, I really think that they have a legitimate shot at getting to the big 10. Sure. Their football program, It's horrible and football really is the money grab, but their basketball program is so good. And their brand name, they there's their brand name compared to some of the other Big 12 schools. So I think they that could be a possibility. West Virginia to the ACC is a kind of an odd, like what everyone immediately thinks it makes sense geographically.
0: They'd be weird in that ACC.
1: Well, a little bit. They'd be re- reunited with Pitt, who's yeah. their their biggest rival. I will. Well, definitely that's a great miss. rivalry that we've missed in college football. So, if the Big Twelve implodes, I think it'd be that's their best. They, that they're gonna be. They want to get there, even if they, they might be the first domino in this whole thing. Yeah. Deal. So I I want to say there's the hope for those Big Twelve teams to they want to get poached, but the K states, the TCU's of the world are praying that that doesn't happen because if that happens, they might be in the American Athletic Conference. So what they need to happen is the Big 12, no one gets poached because I think if anyone, any Big 12 team actually wants to make that, if any Big 12 team has that opportunity, if they get an invite to another conference, whether it be the Pac-12, the Big 10, or somehow the ACC, they are, they're gonna do it. They're and so the second that happens, I think the Big Twelve is screwed. But say they do stay, you know, no one gets poached. Um, it's going to be they're gonna have to add teams. OU and Texas, they can't bring anything like that at all. But they're gonna have to make a move. So a lot the, the American athletic schools, uh, I promise you, their athletic directors are on line one. With Bob Bowlesby, with other Big 12 presidents and ADs. So Cincinnati and Central Florida are the two, I think that...
0: Those would be great. They're
1: the two two best football programs, I think, right now. UCF's been good for a while, and I actually think Gus Malzahn is... Would TU ever go to the Big 12? No, no, no. Why? Uh, They're just... Tulsa's a tiny school. Uh, Yeah. They're tiny. It's the smallest division one called uh, FPS program or fo- uh, school. So yeah, not a big following. No, I don't, I don't think they would have, I mean, if, they, if the conference got maybe into the 20 team range, maybe they could have a shot, but I think you got Cincinnati, Central Florida would be who you'd first want. Cincinnati would give kind of a partner for West Virginia out there. Um, Central Florida has just been super successful for the last decade. And then I think SMU and Houston are the two you'd probably pair it with. It brings back old Southwest Conference rivalries. they are programs with a lot of money. That'd be good for basketball, too. Yeah, Houston brings Kelvin Sampson's basketball program. Yeah, no, it brings a lot of money. Not a lot of money. Uh, a lot of, I don't know, they lose a lot of money. money is not going to be there for the Big 12 if they stay around. But it brings programs with a lot of money and old rivalries. So that would make sense. And then the other options could be a Memphis Uh, maybe a South Florida, and then the two Western schools, BYU and Boise. BYU has some interesting hurdles. You have to jump with them. So uh, otherwise, they have a huge following, huge fan base. So they would make sense. But so we'll see. Uh, I think that things are, I don't think OU Texas is the end for conference realignment and specifically conference realignment in, in the Big 12. So
0: I'm interested to see what happens. All right. you ready to get into the uh, other college football news and get into just everything college football yeah so uh, not a
1: whole lot that
0: that all
1: the talk has been
0: on OU
1: Texas the SEC but there has been in the last couple of days some some b- pretty big news um, first off Quinn Ewers who is the number one quarterback. In the class of 2022, is an Ohio State commit. He is uh, reclassifying and going to uh, going to Ohio State this fall. He'll be there for fall camp. He's, I guess, was one credit away, so he's somehow I guess getting that done. Going to Ohio State. This is big for a couple reasons. One, he is maybe. I mean, he is a generational type talent. I think he's the best. I didn't realize he was a higher recruit than Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. No, no. this guy is, I mean, he's, I don't know why I just started seeing him. He has a chance to be really, really special. So this is big news. One, is he, does he go in and, and compete for the job at Ohio State? I think that's a possibility. He's still really young. So it would ideally, you probably want to redshirt him. But he says uh, the reason that the, the driving force behind this is that he can't make money playing Texas high school football, and he can with the name, image, and likeness playing at Ohio State. So <laughs> it's the wild west out there. I think you're going to see more and more of that. We just saw that in the college. money has started. We saw that in college basketball with Amani Bates. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see if this is. It's a, a the college football landscape is shifting, shifting quickly. So the college football we grew up on, don't expect that. I'm uh, I think Clint said earlier about this holy, I'm nervous about it. I feel the same about this name image and likeness. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I'm glad these kids are these kids have the opportunity to, to do this. I think I get it and I I'm behind that, but I'm nervous about some of the the changes we're seeing, just from a fan's perspective, which yeah, is, I agree. Selfish, I guess, as a fan, but I mean, a lot of us love college football and love the college football that we know, and so changing that front. But on, um,
0: yeah, it's so it's it's big for multiple reasons. Uh, he could win that job at Ohio State, though. Yeah, that is wild. What about LSU Miles Brennan situation? Yeah, this is this is uh, big news because
1: I think Brennan was the was favorite to win that job. He was the starter last season uh, until he got injured. And then Max Johnson took over, was rocky at first, but finished the season really strong, including an upset win at uh, LSU. Or I don't know if it was at LSU or if it was the Swamp, but it against LSU and they were a top five team in the country. So, uh but LSU has to feel good about uh, this is not a bad second option max Johnson showed some stuff uh at the end of last year like I said but miles Brennan is uh it's a it's a bummer I actually saw he's signed some like big uh, Nil deals right before oh, yeah. this and I can't your I boy like your boy is- Rovell, said they can't they can't get out of it it's just oh so, wow yeah so that's uh that's it's gonna be crazy this just this, this all of this stuff, but uh, yeah, Max Johnson has weapons around him. LSU should be better this year. Brennan was the guy, and I think LSU fans would prefer going into the season with Brennan. That's my take on that. Maybe not. Uh, I just I didn't even fan keep even up with LSU offense. last
0: year. I feel like they're forgotten after their
1: oh, they're horrible last year. <laughs> no, no, no. Edo is.
0: This is uh, huge year. He's not a good coach. He's that was a generational
1: team. That was a. Gener- yeah. I mean, we've seen it. He's never been. Yeah, we We'll see. He has a chance. He needs to prove it this year, because uh, things on and off the field are rocky in Baton Rouge. But yeah, uh, LSU's got weapons. They got Booty at receiver. He had a huge freshman year last year. End of the season strong with three straight hundred yard games.
0: Um, yeah, so that's big news in the SEC West though. All right. What about uh, off-season coaching changes? There is quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I'll just go into a couple of them here. Um, Arizona, Sumlin out. That was a
1: disastrous run in Tucson for Sumlin. Jed Fish, the Patriots quarterback's coach in. Don't know anything about him. Uh, so, interesting hire. Uh Auburn, Gus Malzahn out. Brian Harson in, who was the head coach at Boise. He is a great football coach. He's pretty – he didn't – he's not at the same level as what Chris Peterson was doing at Boise State, but kept them winning double-digit games basically every year. Uh, weird cultural fit. He'd spent some time, I guess, at Arkansas State, so in the South a little bit, but uh, mainly spent most of his career at Boise. So – We'll see how that goes in the plains. Boise replaced him with Andy Avalos. Illinois, I like this hire a lot. Lovey Smith is out after a, not a great run. Brett Bielema in good cultural fit in the Big Ten. Arkansas just didn't work for him. Uh, a lot better than what they had with Chad Morris, but didn't work for him. So getting back in the Big Ten for his roots, he had great success at Wisconsin. So I like that hire a lot. Lance Leopold in at Kansas for after less miles out. Really great football coach. We'll see if they can get the players in there to uh, finally make that move uh, to maybe bowl eligibility. South Carolina, Shane Beamer replaces Muschamp. Tennessee hired Josh Heupel for inner, and end. And the replacement of the fire, Jeremy Pruitt. I am skeptical about this hire. UCF got worse and worse each year. After Scott Frost took off for Nebraska and Heupel was at the helm, you uh, Tennessee hired the Central Florida athletic director Danny White, and he then hired Josh Heupel, who they had great offenses. They continued having great offenses, great quarterback play, and I will I think that'll happen. Tennessee's offense. Will improve. They'll have good quarterback play. He's developed quarterbacks across his career. He was Sam Bradford's quarterback coach, and Sam Bradford Mm -hmm. gives a lot of credit to Josh Heupel. So, but they went from two undefeated regular seasons and an undefeated season to slowly a little worse and worse each year. So, I don't love that hire. I think UCF made it. I think it's an improvement with Gus Malzahn. I think so, for sure. I think he needed to change. His offenses got
0: stagnant with Bo Nix at the so, end. Some boring Auburn quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. no, He he was known for so long for his offenses, for his play calling, for his quarterbacks. And it just wasn't clicking uh, at the end of his tenure. So, he probably needed a change. So, I like that hire. Um, then Clark Lee in at Vanderbilt. And he is the guy that did. Did you see?
0: He took away the players' numbers. Oh for, yeah, yeah. For
1: fall camp, they gotta earn it.
0: Yep, they gotta earn it. I respect that. Is that a football guy. Football guy, move right there. Football guy's guy. Yeah. yeah. So that's all. All I've got on coaching changes. All right. So moving into the next segment, we're gonna talk a little bit of futures. Uh, weekly, we'll do Parker's picks and do some gambling and stuff like that. So. Parker, why don't you go ahead and get into some futures that you have? Yeah, so I've got two futures
1: in. Uh, I don't know if I'll add any more futures or not. We'll see. I have an over six wins for SMU this year at minus 160. So there's some big juice there, but I don't anticipate. I think at a minimum, SMU gets to bowl eligibility, gets to six wins. I don't anticipate them not making a bowl game. Sonny Dykes is just getting rolling in Dallas, in Highland Park, University Park. And they uh, their talent level is increasing rapidly. They've got weapons at receiver, big time, Reggie Roberson, Rasheed Rice, Danny Gray. Uh, their offensive the line returns intact. Their defense has been their weakness the last few years. But they bring in Jim Leavitt, demons, demons coordinator, one of the best Demons of Minds in college football. They bring in the transfer linebacker from Oregon. Uh, they've hit the transfer portal harder than anyone and earlier than anyone. Sonny Dax was kind of ahead on this deal. The ruling question mark is quarterback. And they have Tanner Mordecai, transfer from OU, who I'm not saying he's uh, I don't think he is necessarily will be anything special, but – you don't need someone in that in those spread air raid from yeah. the Texas Tech system offenses. You need guys that can get the ball into the receiver's hands. That was like yeah. Buchel. He was perfect. Yeah, and I think Mordecai could do that. Yeah. And then they also have Preston Stone, top 100 recruit, four-star quarterback out of Dallas, uh, who's going to be a true freshman in the helms. He's kind of – that's who I think the SMU folks – would love to see you take that job. Grew up an SMU fan, and is a uh, big time prospect. So they've got. They, I think they'll be fine at quarterback. I, I. So I think that's my long way of saying I don't see them winning five games or less. I think yeah. they're. I think it's going to hit, and I think the worst that bet would push. So, and then my only other one. This is a big time homer one. Oh. I like it though. The I like it the value. I have it now. OU um, plus 800. So eight to one to win the national championship.
0: I might be a little biased, but I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: love it. I, and that would make for a, that hit,
0: that make yeah, for a fun night really good in value. Indianapolis. <laughs> in which um, all the hotels are sold out apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So those are my only two futures. Alright so last thing we got here Is some trivia I'm going to see how Parker does each week If you would like to send in trivia questions You can DM me And uh, you might get them on the trivia We're going to try to stump Parker every week So let's get into it I am ready Alright we're going to have 20 seconds To answer it Let's see how you do 20 seconds to answer each yeah, twenty seconds to answer answer each five questions. Here we go. First question: Based on the last three bowl outcomes, what school is this? Twenty seconds. Okay. Twenty twenty Fiesta Bowl loss. Twenty nineteen Rose Bowl win. Twenty eighteen Red Box Bowl win. Red Box Bowl. What were the next two? Uh, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. Five seconds. Last year's Fiesta Bowl loss. 2020 Festival. Yep. Oh, Penn State. Oregon. All Frack right. against Iowa State. Dang. Oh for 1. All dang, right. Damn it. Reset the clock. Based on these consecutive Heisman winners, who is the winner of the next year? Uh, first, Robert Griffin, then Johnny Manziel, then Jameis Winston, then who? 20 seconds. 10 seconds. So RG3, Johnny Manziel, Jameis, who? Mm, I don't know. It is Marcus Mariota. What Alabama coach bridged the gap between Dennis Franchione and Nick Saban?
1: Gene Stallings?
0: Wrong. I'll give you two answers on each. How about that?
1: Between Dennis Franchione and who?
0: And Nick Saban. Oh, uh, Mike Shula. How about that question, Parker? What do you think? I knew
1: you? that one. I, I was at the—I watched hit one of his teams play Texas Tech in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, old Cotton Bowl. That was—they went on a crappy little
0: little kick that looked so ugly, but it squeaked in there. I think it was an overtime game. All right, one for three. Fourth question. This SEC quarterback was selected number 1 overall in the 2009 NFL Draft. 20 seconds. Matt Stafford. Two for four. This Big 12 receiver led the nation receiving touchdowns in 2007. Michael Crabtree. Three for five. All right, Three for five. We'll <laughs> get, get better. Parker, you want to give some closing
1: thoughts? Yeah, no. Like Clint said, the plan is every Thursday. I don't... This first episode might be released yeah, on It's not going to be
0: Thursday. Technical difficulties. Give us a break. Yeah.
1: Hopefully Friday or Saturday this will be out. Uh, but yeah, every Thursday is the plan. We'll be... Leading up to the college football season, we're going to be doing some conference previews, some uh, getting ready for everything leading up to week one. And then once the season's rolling, that's going to be when it gets real fun. That's best time of the year. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Looking forward to a really exciting college football season full of hopefully packed stadiums, which we missed last year. So let's let's, uh, have some fun.